hey, before the show starts, don't forget, check out the uh, the Grimdark Live Nurgle November show. All right, we're going to start the show. Live, you weekly webcast for all things Dice Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf in the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and tonight we are going to be talking about all things Nurgle. It's Nurgle November, man. That's what we do. Uh, but before we get into all that, thanks for joining us here on Grimdark Live. And if you like our show, please don't forget to give us a like or a subscribe uh, if you haven't already done so. And let your friends know about us. Pass our show on to other folks that may be interested in this type of content. Help us grow. Please, we'd very much appreciate that. And also, in tonight's conversation, we're going to be talking about armies and their respective lists. And um, so if, if you have something you'd like to share or, or check out or comment on, please leave it in the chat or the comment section in the show notes below, and we will definitely uh, be getting to it. Uh, but all right, you dice chucking glue sniffing gamer goons, here we go. Let's get the show rolling. And, and joining us tonight for Nurgle November, uh, probably the, the one main authority I would I would like to hang my hat on when it comes to Nurgle. For the first time on the show, Mr. Paul Conti. Paul, what do you hear what you say, bud? What's happening, nerds? <laughs> Fantastic to be here. And uh, yeah, I am excited to talk some Nurgle. Absolutely, man. And you know, honestly, I can't think of a person better to talk Nurgle than yourself, sir. Honest to gosh, I, I can't thank you enough for being on your on, on the show. I'm a huge fan of your work, huge fan of what you do. Uh, and thank you very much for being with us here tonight. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate it. Let's, uh, let's have some fun. Likewise, man. That That's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. So, you know, folks, uh, for you guys that uh, that don't know Paul Conti, you guys have been probably been living under a rock, and I hope you can come out and see the daylight and, and share some of this, what this guy does. He's a great part of the hobby and the community. Uh, and, and he's also the host of his own show, Radio Free Hammer Hall. So uh, make sure you, uh, you you look that up and subscribe and give him a check out. He, he, the, his content is some of the best that's out there. So uh, definitely make sure that you check this guy out. But you're also on Twitter, Paul. What's your Twitter? Uh, it is at PMC Math Hammer. At PMC Math Hammer. All right. So don't forget it, folks. Get out there. Or I should say, don't forget it, you nerds. Get out there and uh, and, and and get get your get your uh, get your nerd on with Mister Connie. He, he does some good stuff. So here it is. So Paul, let's let's kind of start warming up here with the show. You know, I, I thought, uh, you know, when when we look at Nurgle, you know, I think you and I are kind of in a way cut from from a similar cloth. I think it's the lore that really drew me in for Nurgle. I think it was one of those things when I first came across the writing and the context of what Nurgle was 
uh, as far as from a lore perspective, it really pulled me in. And I wasn't even a Nurgle player at that time. And I find that more and more with people that... Um, I find a lot of people that are just fans of Nurgle. Maybe they don't play the army, whether it's either in Age of Sigmar or in 40K, but they're fans of Nurgle. Do you come across that? I feel like it, it's an army that's just very, it's one of those Marmite things. Like people <laughs> either like love it or they want no part of the yucky gross stuff. But I think most people at least have an appreciation that like the models are super cool. Like it's funky. It's weird. Um, and the thing that, that I love about it is I think Nurgle is probably the only faction in all of Age of Sigmar or 40k, possibly any games workshop product, um, that has models that are smiling. Yes. Like, yes. Like, like, like they're the only happy ones. Like it's a grim dark universe and, uh, they're having a good time. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that the truth? And and I got to tell you, that whole aesthetic, that smiling aesthetic, that creepiness, that really plays back into the lore of how of how they're written, the mirthful kind of contentness of of their gifts, right? And um, I just think that there's something so creepy about it, but yet at the same time, so alluring. I know that for me, that's what it was. I mean, you know, I uh, I can I can honestly say that I've really only just started, uh, in all truthfulness, with my Nurgle life. Um, I've been a beast of mm-hmm. chaos player for many, many years. Um, and, uh, but I gotta be honest with you. I've always been a, a number one fan. Um, but let's go back to you. So, so here it is. Tell tell us all a little bit about your, your life with Nurgle. I mean, you know, um, you know, cause you and I started talking Nurgle back, you know, the, the MAGA can release back in November of 21, but you have a huge history with Nurgle. So kind of walk us through a little bit about your, your life, your gaming life, the lore, how you came into really, in my opinion, being Mr. Nurgle. Um, I jumped on the Nurgle Battle Tome when the first Nurgle Battle Tome came out. Um, I always thought like the models were cool. I had heard some of the lore that I thought was pretty cool. And then I saw like mechanically what was going on with the army, and I'm like, oh, like I, I loved the like the cycle of contagion or cycle of corruption. Yeah. I always forget. Cycle of corruption, yeah, right. Um, that you know, you had like this cycle of different buffs, and you had some ability to manipulate it, and there were things you could summon, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, at, at that point in my Age of Sigmar career, so to speak, I was really into like the toolbox sort of thing, and um, having a lot of options, like you know, with the like psychographic profiles, sure. I've. A very long time been very Johnny about stuff. Okay. But kind of like Johnny Timmy. And I'm getting more and more <laughs> Timmy over. Um, and, but I like that was the thing that initially drew me in. And then I just got more like I eventually started like reading the lore, like actually reading the battle tome at like beyond just the rules section. And it was like, oh, this is fun. This is interesting. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it, there's it, there. I can't quite put my finger on what it is about the lore, other than like it seems the like in the stories, like people, the way people get corrupted by Nurgle, the yes. way people fall to Nurgle, and what makes them like you know worship something that you would think is like completely 
something no one would want. Repulsive, it's all things yeah. that are, it's very human stuff. It's all these people that are desperate and suffering and like they have like this out mm-hmm. and like it ends up being horrible, but they don't even realize it's horrible. Right. Like they're just enjoying life after that. Like Nurgle solved their problems. Yep. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I like, I like the whole approach, you know, if, if you look at the forecast gods and I'm sure this has been mentioned somewhere else at another time, uh, but, you know, take corn, for instance, if they want to have influence on you, they got to smash down the gates of your your citadel. They got to come in and they got to beat some brains in and they got to they got to make the blood flow. You know, not very enticing. And Zeech can come in and they almost have to bring in uh, doubt and they have to sow lies and they have to kind of cause deceit. Uh, Slanesh, you know, they're going to come in and they're going to play on your excesses. I know a lot of people like to throw the perversion thing around because it's easy, but I think they're going to play on that. And sometimes Slanesh can really kind of fly under the radar as far as what their real intent or how their infusement of how they want to influence you is. But Nurgle is right there, man. They come to you almost like that, 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 that uncle, right? That, that person that comes to you in your lowest point and they want to put their arm around you and they want to tell you everything's going to be fine. And they, 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 they really, to me, they bring themselves into a mortal's life or a, a being's life in probably the most creepy freaking way ever. And I think that's what drew me into it because it's scary. I mean, honestly, if you really read the, the lore and really understand the whole premise, I mean, th- take the Glotkin, you know, the, the brothers Glot and their storyline, you know, their mother had to have that terrible thing happen to her and their, their village had to get raided and their parents had to die before they went completely crazy. But what happened in the middle of that? Well, the mother was pregnant with them. They got stung by a bot fly sent by Nurgle. I mean, the whole thing is just so, uh, I mean, any story you pick up on Nurgle leaves you with this almost bewilderment of how they really come into their lives and they, they, they make people forget about the fact that, you know what? And, and, well, I, I guess I should say what I love the most is how they fool you and yeah. they can actually say, well, it corruption is new life <laughs> and that's their gift. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting. I sort of think of Nurgle and Alariel almost as like dark mirrors that uh-huh. like Nurgle Nurgle is is basically a god of life, but in a very dark and twisted way. Like he cares about abundance of life, not quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I like the parallel with that because I mean she's all about you know they say wherever she goes you know grass grows and flowers bloom and all that kind of stuff and obviously wherever he goes they die but they breed maggots or something like that you know so I mean it, it, I exactly. love the way you put that and I think that's why the story arc uh, of that. Um, was it the Realm Gate Wars where uh, all of a sudden I'm drawing a blank and I apologize for that, uh, where Nurgle basically was invading Gyron, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of their better stories. You're absolutely right. I forgot about that. I mean, we got, I mean, look at all the great characters that get spawned out of that. We got Torglug the Despised and we got all the, you know, all those great characters out of that one storyline. I mean, I, fa- fantastic writing. Any, anywhere you look, folks, if you guys want to read up on some good Nurgle stuff, Pick up anything by by Black Library or Games Workshop, and you're going to be in for a treat. And if you want to listen and, and learn about some awesome Nurgle stuff, check out Paul. I'm telling you what, me folks, I'm going to say it again. Radio Free Hammer Hall. Check him out. And one more time, what's your Twitter? Uh, at PMC Math Hammer. All right, man. There you go, folks. Now you have no excuses. Get your Nurgle on. Um, but here we are, man. We're in Nurgle November. And... Um, uh, what a part of this uh, this game and this hobby to be in. We got a new edition. We're on the the spawn of season yeah. two that's about to drop. And uh, by all intents and purposes, I mean look look at look at Nurgle recently. I mean, 
I want to say it was um, what was the re- most recent tournament? Not LVO. What was the one that uh, Nurgle just won? Um, uh, Emma Mangle uh, ran a uh, heck of a Nurgle list, all flies, and and again won it five and zero. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, oh, was it Kansas City Open? Maybe that's what. Yeah, Kansas City Open. Thank you, thank you, boy. I got to tell you, you know that this is this is the problem, Paul. When you live your life like a carnival on fire, the first thing that goes is the memory, man. That's what it is. I it's it, it's it's a it's a tough road, uh, but okay, gang. I'll tell you what. Stay with us uh, because we're going to be uh, talking a lot about Nurgle, and we got an awesome guest, Paul Conti, with us tonight. Uh, but let's uh, let's get into the first proverbial question here, Paul. Let's get into this. So, uh, hobby and uh, events. Are you staying true? Or are you sniffing glue, man? What's going on in your hobby or your event life? Um, I am actually. At the moment, starting tomorrow, I'm going to be running a Path to Glory League at one of my local shops. Love it. Uh, so I've been working on some hobby associated with that. I'm actually going to uh, be cheating on Grandfather Nurgle a little bit. I'm oh. going to be bringing the Skaven out because um, I, I haven't taken my Skaven army off the shelf in a long time, and I have not played the new book at all yet. And I was trying to think of, like, you know, what army can I play that is – like going to be fun and interesting and you know I, I also like if i'm playing a path to glory league uh locally like i like i don't want to like roll newbies like mm. it's all, it tends to be like a lot of newer players and I, even with the the points adjustments that nurgle just got i feel right. like uh, it, it's just not going to be fun for a lot of people because like like frankly army is just really good right now sure um, sure so I have, uh, I was working on uh, the Underworlds Warband. I forget what they're called. Um, the Skaven Underworlds like, Warband? Yeah, the Skaven Underworlds Warband. Uh, uh, the new I want to say it's like, um, I can't think of it either, Spike? but. Uh, no, that was the old one. It was Spike Claws one. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking of. Okay. But, yeah. you, but you're working on so, that right no, now. Eshin Gang. Okay. Um, so I've been working on that, and I randomly picked up an assassin. Okay, and I've been painting up that as well, and and then I I have a, a warlord that I've been working on. Let's see, where is it? Oh, he's over here. Hold on one second. Sure, let's see it. Uh, so we're doing uh, anvil of apotheosis with this as well, and like you're not going to be able to see this too well because it's all uh, like yeah. just prime prime black. black. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I took the um the ogre from the back of the screaming bell and uh just converted the heck out of him he's got like a dozen different kits together to be kind of a uh like a storm fiend hero oh that is really cool that is really cool but but i mean at least are you sticking with clan pestilence i mean maybe it's not completely nurgle but are you sticking with pestilence um there's going to be pestilence in there um it's going to be kind of just like neapolitan skaven there you go there you go that counts i i've got to be honest with you and i've said this a million times here on the show and 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 probably anybody that's game gamed with me knows i'm not a skaven player but they are in my top three favorite opponents i have never in my entire whether it's this version of the game age of sigmar or whether it was rank and flank back in fantasy battles i have never had a bad game against skaven they are such a tremendous army to play against and i'll be honest with you they're one of the more you got to be a tactician to be able to play that army um, and, and I think that that's a thinking person's army personally, you know, you can't be a dumb ski like myself and just throw ogres out there, just go forward and kill stuff. You actually have to be a thinker. So I, I applaud you on that. But I mean, the, the, the thing I want to point out about Skaven that I really love is they're never bad. They're always in the game. 
and usually the thing that beats Skaven are Skaven. <laughs> you know, the Gisales blow up or, you know, the Warp Claw uh, catapult does something crazy or, you know, the, um, uh, the, 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 the cannon, the, 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 um, uh, the cannons. Yep, exactly. I think that um, what I love about that aesthetic, though, is they that's another true-to-form army. Like, you know, Nurgle plays like Nurgle should. I think Skaven does that very well. So that's pretty cool. So you actually got a, you actually got yeah. that happening. That you're you're going to be doing a Path to Glory with your local store. And I love the Anvil of Apotheosis, by the way. I love that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to probably be doing – oh, I am. I, I'm going to make this promise now. I am going to be doing a video coming up soon on how to organize a Path to Glory League and design it in, you know, hopefully this particular one works out and uh you know people enjoy it but i've been i've been a part of a lot of path to glory leagues so i I wanted to put some sort of video resource out there to be like here's how you get this started here's some of the options that you have going on yeah i I love that Uh, i love that i'll definitely be tuning in and watching it because you know path to glory is one of those things that i think on the front end it takes a tremendous amount of effort to get going it's kind of like rolling a boulder uphill but once you get it up to the top of that hill the once it goes down the other side it, it it you know gravity takes over from there and i think getting people to come in and maybe get that get started box and you know they're starting at 500 or 750 points and you get that thing rolling you know i tip my hat to you man i mean that that takes a lot of effort than just saying to a bunch of people hey let's meet up at the store and get a 2000 point game in I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of commitment and, and, you know, so how is it, I mean, just, I know we're taking a sidebar here, but when, when you, is this the first path to glory that you've run? Uh, it is not the first one I run. Um, I actually, the first path to glory I ever ran, I actually did a one day event that was path to glory. Uh, that was kind of run like an RTT, but we started at, you know, like a low point level. So our rounds were a lot shorter. Got it. So we played like five rounds in a day and like just played Path to Glory the whole way. Um, oh. And that was, that particular one was a lot less narrative. It was kind of like match play Path to Glory. Um, and other than that, I think this is the first like league league that I'm running. Um, usually, uh, you know, uh, you know, my buddy Dez, uh, Daka Dez on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, he's usually the local guy that's been running our Path to Glories for a long time. But um, yeah, I decided I was going to take the reins on this one and go for it. Well, it's it's going to be successful, man. With you at the helm, it's definitely going to be successful. Um, but yeah, so as I kind of said at the beginning of the show, I myself am kind of starting my little foray into officially into Nurgle, and I kind of took the same. I mean, we're going to be talking tonight a little bit about your Slaves of Darkness list that you have marked in Nurgle, which I love that you did that. I love that you took that route. I think that's freaking awesome. Um, but I'm working on a uh, uh, kind of something that uh, it's kind of an homage, if I can say that, to my uh, my start uh, in in really enjoying Nurgle, and this goes all the way back to a the storyline of the, uh, the, 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 the carnival, uh, the, 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 the carnival of chaos story arc. And it was the, the blight tribe back in seventh edition fantasy battles. If, if you guys can scoop that up, it was in one of the white dwarfs. Uh, I want to say back in 2001, 2002, somewhere around there. So it's a little bit dated, but if you guys can find that storyline, I recommend it highly to read that. Uh, I have it somewhere in my my crazy nerd bunker here, but um, I will say that that's what got me really 
as a fan of Nurgle was that storyline was the Carnival of Chaos and everything. Because really, Nurgle was at the helm of the Carnival of Chaos. And you had little stories here and there with Slan Ash and Zeech and all that. But no one ever did it like Carnival, you know, like like Nurgle. They had the whole Carnival train, and you know, there was a even even uh, you see people doing conversions, and so that was kind of what I what got me going. And they had this story arc called the Order of the Fly. And um, I know they've redone it in the recent Magakin with the with the, um, the, uh, the the Blight Lords, but it's not quite the same. And um, so I'm redoing that as a Slave's Darkness Army, and I'm regurgitating that. So that's my, so at least I'm not sniffing glue. That's all I care about. You know, that's why we ask, you know, are you, are you staying true or are you sniffing glue? I'm staying true for, for, for once. Uh, working on that, and we're going to get that uh, that going. But, dude, I can't wait for your video on... Uh, on on basically the the path to glory, I w- I would love to see that when it comes out. Do you have any idea when that's going to be coming out, or not yet? Not do not know yet. <laughs> oh, uh, I need to like I need to actually like write it. You know. Oh, there you go. All right. was, I, like, I've been actually like writing the local path to glory campaign, so that's been kind of like taking precedent. But I'm kind of like mentally taking notes as I do that for making a video. Yeah. Um. No, hopefully sometime in the next couple of weeks. So sorry about pushing you off the bridge on that one, man. I didn't mean to do that to you. I was just trying to, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm waiting for more content from you. All right. So let's, uh, yeah. let, let's get rolling with the news. I know that, uh, uh, there was a lot happening in the news, surprisingly enough. I mean, just, just when we were kind of in a little bit of a lull, um, we, we, we came across all the new stuff that's happened. And most recently, I don't know if you saw it, but I don't know if you saw the, um, the rumor engine, uh, that's out. This looks, uh, uh, very uh, 40K-esque uh, to me. Um, I, I, it looks like a holster or, or maybe two. Not sure. To be honest, I'm really not sure what I'm looking at. Uh, I don't know if it could be a witch hunter or something like that. Those look like very large, like 410 buckshot shells that are that are in the uh, the holster there. Not sure. What, Paul, what do you think, man? Uh, I'm trying to find it because I did not actually even see it today. Um, hold on. Uh, where um, are we? I'm a bad host. I should have sent it to you, but yeah, it, uh, <laughs> it, um, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. It, it, it's, it's weird because I don't know in my first inclination when I first, uh, saw it, I wasn't sure if I was looking at something that was going to be a little bit more, um, 40 K, you know, esque type thing. I'm not really sure. Um, but uh, you know, it, again, it, it's it's uh, with the with the the Legion of Voltan that just came out. You know, the the dwarves. Um, I'm not sure if if it has something to to do with that. Um, not entirely sure. Yeah, I mean, looking at it, I finally got it up here. Um, I mean, it it does kind of look to me like uh, like Imperial Guard. That that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting from uh-huh. this. All right. Yeah, it it could be that. It could be some, maybe a character, maybe a hero or something like that. Imperial Guard. Um, yeah, not really. Like not really they, quite sure. Yeah, I mean, definitely some sort of backpack, and it does not feel very fantasy at all. It definitely feels like forty k. No, no, I, you're right. And and, and Goldie seven fifty one. Thank you very much, man. We uh, we really enjoy putting out the Nurgle November series. Uh, we got uh, we got two of them out. We got a third one that's ready to come out, and and. Nurgle and November wouldn't be anything at all without Paul Conti on the show, man. We we got to make this like a tradition. We got to have Nurgle November and Paul on the show have to go hand in hand. We got to make that happen. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what the hell this uh, this rumor engine is either. But let's uh, let's talk about something real fantasy, and that's Slaves to Darkness, baby. We got the original bad guys. We got the uh, we got the bad Stormcast that are with us, and the Battle Tome uh, obviously has been leaked already. Um, and this Saturday is yep. going to be the physical release for this awesome box set for Slaves of Darkness. Paul, 
Let's hear it, man. What are your thoughts on this one? Um, I love this book. Like I, um, I've been pouring over the leaks and listening to all of the preview shows that people have been doing. I think I listened like just today to like AOS coach and mm -hmm. uh, face hammer. Um, like it, it just seems like it's a really solid book, just like the last one was really solid, but they streamlined a lot of the rules. Yeah. So it's, I think it's going to be a lot easier to play. Um, and, you know, uh, when I was at uh, Nova, I went to the preview show and, um, you know, I spoke for the Q&A after. And the question that I asked them was like, you know, this was before we really had anything other than, you know, the couple of like leaks months ago. And then we just kind of got word that this Slaves the Darkness book was coming. And in that preview show, you know, we got to see a bunch of the new models. Um, and the, the question I asked them was like, you know, like, I know you can't tell me a lot, but what's your favorite thing about this battle tome that you can tell me? Um, and the answer was, it feels like the Slaves to Darkness, the chaos that we have all had in our heads for 30 years, and it's finally actually real on the table. Yes, I love that. I love that that was their response, you know, and, and just, yeah. and, and like you, I, I hung on every single leak and, you know, I, I listen, I, I haven't listened to AOS coach yet. I've heard that his, his, his review of it was excellent, but I did see face hammer. Um, and, yep. and I thought that they did a fantastic job. Um, but I like the fact that there's a lot of reminiscence back to seventh edition warriors of chaos, the, the, a la the original slaves of darkness, when that army was feared, I mean, you put those mm -hmm. warriors of warriors of chaos on the table back then, you were terrified. You knew that you were going to have a fight against you, and I love the fact that they brought that brought that back. And I know we're going to talk about this here just very shortly, but I really think Nurgle is the best mark. And I've got some ideas here of why I think it is early on. I mean, I know it's a, it's a tough thing to sell before the book is actually physically in anybody's sweaty palms, but I really mm -hmm. think Nurgle edges out Zeech just by a little bit. But but yes, the contents are awesome. I mean, this may be really the best codex that they made since really the start of third edition, in my opinion, from what I've seen. And I don't speak about the power, but how the forces of chaos are represented. And I think that's kind of what you're alluding to or what they said to you back at, uh, at, at Nova. And honestly, it reminds me, like I said before, and I'll say it again because I'm an old bastard. I really like the way it reminds me of the old Warhammer Fantasy Battle Chaos Codex. I love the feeling that I have. And you're right, Paul. It is very much... Um, harkens back to that old that that old that old feeling but i mean the box set let's stick with the practical end of it man for those for those for those youngsters that maybe weren't around uh for fantasy battles and don't really have that old time feeling but think about it look at this box set we got cards we got chosen i love those new chosen by the way the 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 the, the minotaur dudes i can't think of their name and, and the demon prince so come on man mm -hmm. tell, tell us your thoughts on that give, give us a little bit of the goods on what you think about the slaves of darkness new box set i mean i think all of the new sculpts that they're coming out with for slaves to darkness they're all like a plus sculpts like yeah. this is some of the best stuff that i have seen them ever do for age of sigmar um, oh, yeah. it's just it, it's fantastic it, it just it just exudes like the vibe of slaves to darkness like you look at them and they're terrifying like yeah. like you would not ever want to run into one of these guys for no, real right no, you know, and it does you think of think about like think about okay here folks we're, we're sidebarring again but think about it being a mortal in the in, in those realms just a regular mortal you're a far you're a soybean farmer somewhere in one of the realms and you got to deal with that a demon prince or you know that's 
that's bananas. It's got to be a scary freaking place to live. <laughs> it's got to be it's got to be unreal. But well, you know what I really liked about this? And yeah, okay, every box set's going to come with models. And I thought the value was very good. You know, only being like two hundred bucks. You know, to get a special edition uh, battle tome, to get the War Scroll cards, to get you know that many miniatures. But I, what I thought was really crazy is they're coming out with these tactic cards. That I thought was really awesome. And I know in the picture there, they're the little black box of cards to the uh, to the right of the War Scroll cards. They're tactic cards, almost like you see a la in like 40K, I think, when, when they come out. I mean, I think that's good. Is that a new thing you see coming into the game? Are, are tactic cards like that? I, I don't know. I didn't even notice that those were in there. Yeah. Um, I was I've been just so like enamored with like staring at the models and really wanting that battle tome that I didn't notice the rest of the stuff in the box because like <laughs> like i i personally don't like war scroll cards um okay you know I, these war scroll cards i know they said that they're like like this is going to be the only way to get them indefinitely so i'm probably going to wait a little while and then sell those on ebay for probably any and uh you know buy some more models so let me ask you a question are you, like i have a friend of mine that is a is a he, he's a true book guy he doesn't have war scroll cards because he, he he marks up his book he highlights stuff he scribbles in there are you are you is that your thought do you do the same thing no my i actually my philosophy on battle tomes in general um is i like i don't play that many armies um i own a total of five armies and i really only play a couple of them on a regular basis um so my thought on it is and you know part of the reason why i've always like on my channel done like all of the math hammer stuff analyzing the math of all of these things um it's not because i'm super into like like i want to break out the calculator at the table (laughs) it's that i don't want to have to break out the calculator at the table sure um so I want to do all of that work up front. I want to like, I, my goal when I am picking up an army is to be able to play it without cracking open the book at all. Ooh, no, I like that. Um, like it, it slows you down. It, you know, it kind of, I feel like a lot of times it just kind of gets in the way. Um, so I, you know, I keep it at home. I mean, obviously I bring it with me, but I, I study it really. Like I try and commit as much of it to memory as I can. Um, and really like understand the interactions of everything so that when I, I actually get to the table and go play it, like I'm not busy looking stuff up. I can just sit there and play the game. And, you know, as I'm getting older and, you know, just playing uh, more casually than I used to. Like, I'm not really that interested in competitive play anymore. Um, like I'm going with as much smooth brain as possible. And mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know, like, I, I just, I want to go have a couple of drinks at an event, hang out with people, have a good time, roll some dice, not worry about I'll it. I'll drink you know? to that. I like that. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I share your sentiment on a lot of that. And and, and, and another time, another place, we're going to have to have a conversation on game flow um, that this isn't the show for that. But I really love what you said. And I'm going to put that in my memory banks that we're going to have to have a sidebar conversation one of these days on game flow and time clocks and all that kind of stuff, because you kind of got me thinking about uh, I, I can kind of tell, I think, where your, your philosophy is. But I love that. I love that you memorize the book and you try to go solo with without it. And I think that's awesome. 
Uh, but yeah, this box set, man, is is freaking awesome. You got ten chosen, incredible models. I love the new sculpts. Uh, I, I, from what I understand, there's a lot of options. Um, the ogre uh, uh, thermodons or thermaturges or whatever they're called, the minotaurs. I'm going to call them because I'm a beast of chaos player. Um, you know what? Uh, they got a five plus save. You're really going to take them with a great weapon. I don't know. I'm not really sold on them. You know, they're 190 points. If I take Bulgors, there are those, you know, there, there's a 60 point difference. They're 130 for three. These guys were 190. There's not much difference in their stats, in my opinion. You know, the Bulgors with a great weapon have, you know, two attacks, fours by threes, negative two damage three. These guys have three attacks, threes by threes, negative two damage three. I, I just think that 60-point difference between the two, they both have a 5-plus save because, again, I don't know go big or go home. I don't know why you take them with shields, uh, just like you wouldn't take Bulgors with shields, in my opinion. I just... Yeah, I don't think there's a reason to do it. I, I don't know. I think everything in that... No, okay, look, I, I don't want to sound like a like a chooch here, like all of a sudden I'm going to do say it's great and then, then mother effort. That's not what I'm doing here, folks, I swear to God. But, but what I'm saying is I think the Demon Prince is exquisite. I think the, the the chosen are awesome. I think you're going to see both of those units heavily on the game. I don't. I don't. I think people are going to have those out on the table. I'm not sold on the on on the the ogrins, the ogroids. I think. I don't know, man. I maybe maybe somebody might have a unit of three of them, maybe six, uh, maybe. But I don't know that. I don't think I'm. I don't think you're going to see a lot of them on the table. That's just me. Oh, what I mean I, over once the euphoria of the new army burns off. My thought. Yeah, um, I think they have a lot of potential for explosive power um because when they agree when they chart they get plus one attack right yeah and if you mark them corn they get another plus one attack when okay. they charge okay so like three of them are throwing 15 attacks at ren two three damage that's like, kind of a lot of damage. <laughs> yeah, that, I guess I guess you put it like that. That 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 hits like a truck. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I guess yeah. you put it like that, Paul. That's that's amen to that. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah. But in that playing like that feels like what corn wants to do. So if you're playing like a corn marked slave darkness army, I think that's probably that kind of direction. Mm-hmm. Right. Although like, you're probably also going to be wanting like knights and baron guard and i think it's going to be competing a lot in that general space right um but i mean they're also they're cool models and i think a lot of people are going to play them just because they like them and they're cool (laughs) yeah 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 and and you're right you know i I love the way you put that what a positive attitude man i I gotta i gotta try to learn that a little bit that's that's a great way to put it and i didn't I wasn't aware of that. I guess I must have missed that somewhere. That that on the charge they get an additional attack. Mark them in corn, they get another. One. I did know that about corn. I just didn't think about that yeah. right away. Um, but you know what's funny? True to form with Games Workshop. Um, you know, I like how the pre how on the pre order day when when the pre order dropped on Saturday, the day that they're that they're supposed to start taking our money out of our sweaty palms for this sucker. The FAQ dropped for Slaves of Darkness, and man, just like when Slaves of Darkness dropped before about three three years ago, GW never misses. Uh, a moment to kind of kick them in the schmeckle. They really like to kick Slaves of Darkness because, you know, here's the thing. Let's look at let's look at some of the nerfs that they got right out of the gate. The army hasn't even hit the table yet. I'm a little miffed by this if you can't tell. But the host of the ever chosen nerf. I was uh, I was off in La La Land all weekend, so I have not wow. actually seen well, that you, then, you then, are informing me now. Well, please let me let me do a little pontificating, a little a little a uh, little bitching here. Why don't I try that? Uh, okay, so the host of the Ever Chosen, right? They got a nerf. They can rally now on a five plus, but not the Vanguard. So somebody explain that to me. So, not, so I mean the Vanguard. 
Um, yeah. Okay. That's... I mean, what I've got to say though, my the first time I read hosted the ever chosen, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is way too good. This is going to be good. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was my initial reaction. Yeah. You know, I, I read that like I had to read it a couple of times and be like, did they really just write this? And and they're gonna give you an extra and sourceful banner too? Like, what? Well, <laughs> like uh, it, it had to be wrong. I mean, okay, let's let, let let's stick with that for one second. And I'll tell you my thought on it because Okay, look, I'm going to say, folks, I'm going to say this right now. Paul, you're you're a thousand percent spot on, and and you're looking at it from a very conscientious standpoint, and I and I totally respect that. But I look at it maybe I, maybe I look at it too too much like a grumpy old man, right? I mean, take Varengard for three of them, they're they're 280 points, right? So okay, that's kind of spicy for for what for a cavalry unit that has a three plus save. Okay, that's fine. Uh, go all out defense. Now you got a two plus save. I get it, um, but. You think about it with whether you take them with the uh, ensorcelled weapons, you're getting a negative one rend. Not that big of a deal in this game right now. A fell spear, spear. Uh, I think another negative one rend. Not again, not that big of a deal. Uh, and there, the blade. I can't think of the other blade that they take now, but that one is also a negative one rend. Um, but that, so, one procs, that one procs mortal wounds on sixes to hit though. Right, and that does a lot of extra damage. Right. Right. I, you know, I look at it this way. I didn't have a problem with the, the rally on the five plus. Uh, but I think when they, when they, when they took the Varen guard away from that, I was a little like, really, they're already paying a premium for the unit they have in their army. They're already kind of foregoing something else in their army because they wanted to take Varen guard. I don't know. I, I thought it was a little bit of a goofy, you know, um, switch. I thought it was kind of a bait and switch maybe, but you know, Hey, they, they did it on, I thought it was ironic that they, that they did that on the pre-order day. Um, a little closer to home on this conversation, the Nurgle Banner Burr, uh, nerf. That one was a little bit much for me. I mean, they changed the wording on it um, where basically on, on the Eroding Iron Banner, which uh, this previously allowed, um, I want to say, all units within within 12 inches of that Nurgle unit to have negative one to wound. Now it's just, it, it reduces enemy attacks by one for that one particular unit. So I think if you combine that with negative one to wound, uh, with the base trait, um, it, it, they basically they still become unkillable. So that's that nerf isn't that bad. I don't really have a problem with that one. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm a little okay with that. The Varengard one honestly was the only one that really kind of bothered me a little bit. Uh, the Zeech spell, um, you know, prevent move after casting. We knew that was coming. As a matter of fact, uh, when the leaks first came out, people were talking about that on the Slaves of Darkness page. You know, that was something that they they clarified with the Zeech spell. Um, demonic speed. Yeah, you know, another one of those things where like you knew that had to be wrong. Yeah, well, they were saying that right off the right off the cuff. They were saying that right off the cuff. Um, and there was a couple others. I, I think there was demonic speed was one of them. I think I think they the the, the casting uh, on that uh, spell went from a six to a seven, which mm-hmm. um, uh, I I didn't really. That was kind of a, a no nothing uh, issue for me. And um, but but I think I think that's already out of the gate my whole point about bringing that up paul is that they did this to the slaves of darkness the last time when they first came out before they even hit the table they already had them nerfed and they did this great showing for them uh at uh at um i want to say it was either atlantic city open or lvo uh when they came out before and Mm -hmm. um they nerfed them almost right away before they hit the table so if you get a chance you should check out some of those things but i mean don't get me wrong folks this army i really think they've got it right i think slaves of darkness um 
and, and ogres for that matter, which we'll get to that here in a little bit. I really think those two armies, they, I think they finally hit home runs with both these armies, even with the nerfs of Slaves of Darkness. I'll put it, I'll put it out there. Um, and, and, of course, folks, we'll get into in a minute why, why my opinion, and I think Paul shares it, that Nurgle is probably the best mark you can give them. I mean pound, pound for pound all around. Yeah, Corn can do some things maybe instantaneously better than the Nurgle can. And Zeech, you got the ability to bounce all over the field. And, you know, I, I think that that's good. But I think pound for pound, you know, this game isn't about killing units anymore. This game is about standing on objectives and collecting points. And I don't think anyone's going to be able to do that better than Nurgle with this army. But we'll get into that here in a little bit. That's just my two cents in a tin can on that. Did I, did I sum it up okay, Paul, or did I do a terrible job? No. I, I The one thing that I, I just wanted to maybe throw in there about the changes to Host of the Everchosen, mm-hmm. um, just thinking about it like from a design perspective, um, if you look at what Knights of the Empty Throne does, they have a rally on five up just for Varengard. Um, okay. And when I was originally, again, looking at this, compare Knights of the Empty Throne to um, Host of the Ever Chosen, and why would I take uh, Knights of the Empty Throne ever when I can rally Varengard on a five up when I could take host of the ever chosen and rally them on a four up instead and with like the rules changes to knights of the empty throne you can't really put enhancements on your varengard when you make them your general so i was like why why is this even a thing um like it just seemed like host of the ever chosen was just the automatic choice every time right yes it makes it like now there's an actual choice between the two okay um all right like it like your host of the ever chosen like you're rallying stuff that's not varengard knights of the empty throne you're rallying varengard so like and i think the four plus rally was just like on all of that stuff was just way too strong like a like the those units are all just so good on their own without that kind of a rally ability like you know it your knights and your chosen and your warriors all have a three up save like and they've got uh wards against mortal wounds right plus if you shield them they're even harder to hit so i think that's um like it's like it's a four plus rally is just making that way too durable and it would really warp the game i think yeah you know what i I like the way you put that um you put that a lot more level-headed than i was i guess i was just uh i was i guess i was just being a miffed little timmy and i wanted to stop my feet and hold my breath over over the over some of the immediate changes i guess i was shocked more over paul if you want to know the truth i was shocked that like dude the army's not even out yet like you you don't even have it you don't even have relief yet and you're already making changes come on yeah I will get on that bandwagon with you, though. Like, come on, guys. Like, we've done this so many times. So many times now. We did this with the Stormcast book. Yeah. Remember the first Carriage on Overlord's book? Mm-hmm. Where they just, like, like the wrong file to print? Like, Oh, I forgot uh, about that. That's yeah. right. Okay. How about this one? A little closer to home. They need to stop with these printing errors. Well, okay. Like, they need yep. better people doing their their review and all of that stuff of these books before they go to print yes that is one of the the big things that i will say that games workshop needs to improve on like 
the fact that there are so many errata and FAQ that happen so close to a battle tome being released, it's like, guys, you gotta you gotta improve your editing process. You know what? Did you see the? I, I know I know we're taking a left turn at Albuquerque again here, folks, but but bear with us. What did you see the most recent gaffe in the Zeech book? No. Okay, get this. Six wound now, six wound characters, right? Talking five or six plus save. I think it's the change caster and the change meister, I believe it is. We talked about this on the show a few weeks ago. You can go back and, and folks, you can go back and find it when we when we covered our disciples as each uh, topic on that. They have the monster keyword, Paul. Six wound hero models, non mounted. They have the monster keyword. I mean, it 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 got out the door like that. So yeah. I, this this doesn't surprise. Isn't a monster like they did my boy Jordy. <laughs> I mean, it's it. These kind of things are happening. You're right. All too often. Come on, GW. Come on. We're trying to help you here. Listen up. All right. But I'll tell you what. I am. Yeah. I am stoked about all of the improvements that they've made over time. Like they they are like banging on all cylinders on improvement and doing well. It's like. Guys, it's just one proud nail you got to deal with. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. But I'll tell you what, talking about a proud nail, man, my my ogres, man, this is, here it is. Here's the new book here, folks. Ogre Moth Tribe, right in my sweaty palms, right there, buddy. Um, the new battle tone, man, is going to be out in everyone else's sweaty palms this Saturday, pre-order at the same time with Slaves of Darkness. And there's just so much to love about ogres. Oh, my my gosh. I mean, Paul, I don't know if, if you're necessarily a fan of ogres. Uh, they're my cheat army. When when I'm not playing my BC Chaos, uh, my ogres are, are my love. I got this whole army called Snogers. I painted them all up kind of the uh, with, with the uh, with the idea of the um, the, the White Walkers from the, from the original Game of Thrones series. Um, I really mm-hmm. kind of wanted to play on the All Frost and thing. But this book, man, holy liquor. I mean, there is, an, in my opinion... There isn't a bad thing about this book. I mean, the the gut busters are back. Foot ogres matter again. Um, you know, the, the 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 old book really was a lot of the good stuff about it was incorporated. I mean, stone horns are still really great. Now they can jump over enemies uh, and and charge in the back if they charge. Uh, artillery pieces. Look out, man! Those lead belt, those lead or those iron blasters, dude. I have four of them in a list. Those things are nasty now, and uh, I really think gulping bite. I like the change they made with that. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, this Ogre Moth Tribes is probably, in my opinion, going to be, uh, I think it's already, I mean, I've already read the book, as I said here, guys, I'm, I'm going to read it again. Uh, it's probably one of the most well put together books and, and, and Paul, they must've, they must've figured out that they got to stop letting books go out the door with uh, you know, monster keyword on six wound characters because they got this one, right? Have you heard anything about yeah. the Ogres yet? Um, I have not taken a look at that too much yet, um, just because I've been so, uh, like, in the weeds with Slaves to Darkness and, like, all the other stuff going on. Um, Like, I want to. Like, I like the army. If I had, like, all the money and time in the world, I would definitely own that army. Oh, sure. Um, It's just not that high on my priority list right now. Okay. So, well, uh, it's like, I'm, I'm a fan, I'm a fan from the sidelines, but sure. like, uh, like I, I, it's an army that like, I've never had a bad game against. Like I've never played against that army and felt bad about it. Okay. I, I yeah, I like that. You know, and, and that's from, for myself playing them, 
you know, when I win a game, I don't get overly uh, crazy about the win. I'm not, I'm not on cloud nine. And when I lose a game, it doesn't bother me either. That's what I do like about that army. Unlike my beast of chaos, I'm probably a little weirdly too passionate about that. Uh, but I will say this with the, with the ogres, what I really like about this change and, and, and folks, there's some great content out there. Some folks that, that have already pre uh, reviewed the, the book for everyone. I would go out there and I would check it out. I think uh, gorilla games, uh, Ash uh, over there did a fantastic job with that. I like how he just kind of cuts the onion layers back and really goes through it. So watch his content. He did a good job with that. Uh, but monsters rampage, you know, both beast claw mounts get unique monsters rampages, um, they both have really serious play, both now the Thunder Tusks are back in a heart in a, in a real strong way like they were in 8th edition Fantasy Battles. I recommend them highly. Um, and I'm going to say Gulping Bites, you know, for a long time, Gulping Bites was really an unnecessary stat profile, I would say, uh, that, that the, the Ogre, the, the Gut Busters had. Um, and I will say right now what they're, what they're doing with it now with just the mortal wounds, a la, almost like what Nurgle does with their disease, uh, counters is, is, it's something that I, I it's just such a great mechanic for that army, um, and, uh, and and I'm going to say it once and I'll say it again. Watch out for those iron blasters, man. This these iron blasters are going to absolutely wreck face. I mean, it, it, it's 40k ogres in a fantasy game is what I'm going to say. You get you get uh, lead belchers and iron blasters iron, under guts list. Good stuff coming up. So folks, even if you're not a, even if you're not a player of ogres, I recommend getting this book because they really did a great job writing this book. Honestly, they, they really knocked it out of the park. I haven't read the Slaves of Darkness one yet, but I, I, from what I've seen, that one looks pretty good, too. Yeah. So absolutely excited for uh, for the Ogres. But um, last part of the news, man, then we're going to get into uh, the uh, the Nurgle goodness that is Nurgle November. But uh, here it is, man. Our tournament that's close to our, our heart went up for a live sale. We got Armed Forces Day 6, 2023. That's going to be out in June. Um, AFD six is going to be a two day event for an age of Sigmar event. Uh, that's going to be on a separate day, another two day event for Warhammer 40 K. Both are going to be at the VFW in Lockport, Illinois. And, um, they are going to have, uh, two separate days so we can fill it with 80 players a piece where each player is going to bring 2000 points of an army comprised from the most recent general's handbook, core rule book and AOS or 40 K rule set. Uh, this event is going to be a 1v1 five-game two-day tournament for both AOS and 40K to support our active duty troops. Uh, this is a 100% charity event now in our sixth year. Uh, Paul, did you ever hear of uh, AFD before? I have heard of it before. Um, I haven't heard too much about it, though. Ah, yeah. Well, this is our sixth year. You know, we kind of had some humble beginnings. You know, six years ago, we started in a store with uh, 18 players. It was an RTT, a one-day, uh, three-game event. And uh, almost immediately the very next year, uh, we raised it up to 24 uh, players, and, and then we got to 32 players, and uh, then we've been holding it pretty consistently uh, the last two years at uh, just about 40 players, uh, 38 and 40 players, and now we're expanding to up to 80 players. Um, and the AOS event is going to be uh, June 3rd and 4th, and uh, the 40K event is going to be June 24th and 25th, and the signups for both events are going to be $40 each per player through February 1st. After that, it's going to be $50 a player. But again, all the proceeds go to support the USO uh, and our active duty troops. And it's something that's very uh, near and dear to my heart. And, and I want to thank everybody over the last uh, six years or five years previous that have really been a great supporter of Armed Forces Day. AFD is now we we, we call it. Uh, somehow it morphed. Everyone online started calling it AFD. So now I guess we do too. Um, and uh, it, it's a great tournament. Paul, if, if there's any chance you can you can make it out, uh, we'd love to see you out at AFD 6 this year. 
Yeah. Um, so where exactly is that in relation to things that a, a northeast dweller like me that hides in my cave would know? <laughs> we're we're about 37 uh, minutes outside of downtown Chicago, south southwest uh, southwest side of Chicago uh, in, a, in a town called Lockport. Uh, Illinois. Uh, you can all get more information on that by heading over to bestcoastpairings.com uh, or grimdarklive.com and, uh, and and check it out. But we're going to be uh, at the at the VFW uh, for the um, third year in a row. Uh, we, we left the store and, and, and got out there, the VFW in uh, uh, Lockport, Illinois. And that's, um, anybody want, anybody's curious, that's, that's the VFW post 5788. Uh, in Lockport, Illinois. And by the way, uh, I know that uh, last year we had this guy, Paul. Let me tell you about this real quick. The grilling guru, this guy came out and he grilled turkey legs, sausages, uh, burgers, hot dogs, and he grilled it for everybody there. Uh, I mean, there was, you know, between last year we had a dual tournament and it was it was 40 players per side. It was 40 on the AOS side and 40 on the 40K side. He grilled for every single one of us. And not to mention, folks, if you like to get your drink on, you get the veteran discount at the bar. So you want to get up there and, and you know, you can uh, make your dollar holler, man. You can get a lot of booze for a, a good a good, uh, a good amount of money. So, um, guys, hope you can make it out there. Again, uh, this is going to be a, a, a two-separate weekend event. Age of Sigmar is going to be June 3rd and 4th, and the 40K is going to be 24th and 25th. Both events uh, can cater to 80 players um and uh we we've been we've been touted to have some of the best prize support around so we we got some great vendors that work with us and uh fantastic people all around and i couldn't be more thankful um for what you awesome people do to help support this uh this tournament of ours but hope you can make it out paul yeah that sounds really cool so i i've got a question for you from the event organization side because i've been uh starting to work now with uh du bois gt in uh rochester new york oh yeah man uh, yeah 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 that's just coming up in a week and a half um yeah. and I, i'm curious because we one of the issues like we've been having capacity issues basically okay um and we've been trying to think of options and one of the things that i had thought of was like what if we split up aos and 40k onto two different weekends yep do it uh Wondering, is that something you guys have done before? Like, how has that worked out? No, we, we, we've been planning it for almost three years now. We've been kind of brainstorming it for almost three years. And, you know, I think it fits the motif. You know, we went to the VFW because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a veterans establishment. And the, you know, um, um, this is more of a support the USO, which supports active duty troops. So it kind of fits the motif of what we want to do. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's a certain I, I I think I think having the tournament on two on two separate days, you know what? They're just two re- two really good sized tournaments for two separate games. There's really not much to it. I would definitely say that if you guys have the opportunity to split it up and to play uh, in one event one weekend and the other event the next weekend, it's going to be just fine. I, I don't see any. I mean, so far we've had nothing but great response um, on on the way that we've decided to host the event. Um, but yeah, we, we did that really because we wanted to grow and we wanted to stay at the VFW. That's, that's pretty yeah. much the VFW only has a certain amount of capacity. I think the, I think the max we can get in there is 84 people. Um, so we decided to keep it at 80 because that's a good round number. The tables can be nice and spaced. You get the room if you got to move around the table to get to your opponent's other side to put ambush units on or whatever. So it really does that, that number works out really well for that, for that hall. Yeah. Yeah. We're at, um, like 200 
and it's like 100 for AOS and 100 for 40K. Um, and we sell out every year. And like, like we're trying to find like a bigger venue just because like there's just demand and we want to do other events. Like it's just like match play for 40K and AOS right now. And like we want to do like a narrative event and we want to do other side events. And it's just, we don't have the space. We don't yeah. Hard to do well. At, 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 you know, I'll tell you where I first heard about the boys' tournament was back at the Chicago Open. Uh, I played Dean Bills, who ended up winning the Chicago Open. Uh, awesome guy, awesome competitor, fantastic individual. Uh, he was on our show, as a matter of fact. Um, he's the first guy that ever told me about the boys' tournament. I looked into it, and and unfortunately, I'm not gonna be able to make it this year. Uh, but I, I told him I'm going to have to make it out there, uh, because a I love Rochester, you guys have dinosaur barbecue out there. I mean, I, I, do, I do a lot of traveling, and, and I know where the good food is, Paul. I know where the good food is, and, and there's good food out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will, I will definitely say that I want to make it out there for a lot of reasons. But, uh, but no, Dean Bills was the guy that first told me about the boys. I heard about it through him, word of mouth. So obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you guys run uh, a, a damn good tournament out there. 200 people is a re- respectable number. That's awesome. I tip my hat to you, man. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, and that's um... – it's been a long time. I, the first one that I went to was 2017, and I think the AOS GT was like 30 something players. Right. Uh, and it's just blown up, and the culture of it is just really fun. And um, I don't know. Like, last year's like raffle was crazy. Uh-huh. It's like, it, like, it was just crazy, rowdy nonsense. Um, well, so we, we got a little bit of that too this year uh we're, we're maybe i'm maybe i'm telling too much but uh, we, we do a lot of extra things for charity uh and and one of the things we're doing for charity this year uh is a is a bar crawl so uh we're definitely going to be doing that uh, uh for afd6 uh, we are putting together a, a bar crawl for that so uh because here in here in uh good old lockport illinois we, we like to drink there's a ton of bars here man you you can you can walk to any one of them and stagger home no problem um but uh but more to come on that and also folks more to come with uh, Paul Conti, and we're going to be talking about Nurgle because we are in Nurgle November, so stick around. We're going to be right back. All right. But before we get into our main topic here on the show, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker and become a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, check out our podcast or blog sections, attend an upcoming event, or should you know that GrimdarkLive.com has some great products in our shop, t-shirts, hoodies, caps, dice, and a ton more. So get your swag on with GrimdarkLive merch. Also from GrimdarkLive.com, You can find us on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and other social media platforms. We're constantly updating the website, so check it out for new stuff on the site. With all that said, we just want to thank you for being part of this show and being here with us tonight, here on Grimdark Live. Now, let's get to the main topic of the show. All right, man. We are going to start talking about some Nurgle goodness here, so... Uh, we're going to get into this, man. So, Paul, let's start off high. Let's start off highbrow here for a second and really talk about the psychological standpoint of Nurgle. We, started, we, we touched on that a little bit. 
um, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the show. And I, and I think that that was an excellent place to start. So, Paul, before we get into your Slaves of Darkness list, and, and folks, I'm gonna, I, the reason why I brought this up is because he really put together a very fun and interesting list with a lot of dynamics to it. And I think it's going to capture uh, why I think both of us uh, probably believe that Nurgle, pound for pound, might edge out any of the other Chaos Gods. Not to say the other Chaos Gods are, are, are terrible. I'm not saying that at all. I would say that Zeech is probably a close second. I would say that probably tied for third would be Corn and Slanesh. And I'm looking at the entire game, and we're going to get into that because I think the list that we're about to show you here that Paul put together, I think is going to kind of uh, emphasize that as far as conversation. Is that is that a fair way to put it, Paul? Yeah. Although I, I will say that I think um, the experience I've had with corn, at least, okay, um, got some friends that are corn enthusiasts. And what I've learned is that that army is just very difficult to play well. Right. And if you're really well versed in it, have a lot of reps in, um, it, it's a lot more dangerous than people realize it is. Um, and I'm surprised there haven't been more like top level players, like picking it up just as like the challenge. Um, cause I know that's kind of been like the trend recently. A lot of, uh, the really good players have been just bringing armies that are kind of like, uh, not as strong just for the challenge of it. Um, if I can make an opinion, my, my opinion thought on that one, I've seen over the years, corn players, whether it's, you know, corn bloodbound or whether it's, you know, uh, blades of corn or, or even whether it's, you know, uh, you know, people that were for a long time using the demon prince uh, marked in corn, the blood slick ground ability. They lean into mm-hmm. that so heavily that I think it lopsides their ability to play the army in an even keel manner. In other words, yeah. they're so strong on one side that when when they're weak on something the wheels come off pretty quick i think that's what i've at least observed in the olden days or back in the day with corn i think that's what corn suffers from i think they have a lot of enthusiastic player bases and that player mm-hmm. base gets into that and they lean real hard into the charge attack you know they they really get into the lore and i think that's yep. a detriment to that playability i know that's not a word but that's the word yeah. i'm going to use playability yeah and hopefully when they finally get a new book um you know, the trend definitely has been that they've been uh, making the lore and narrative really show up more in the rules and mm-hmm. how it plays on the table. So hopefully we get, like, it, uh, the way I would see it, like, I would want them to be, like, Chaos Iron Jaws, basically. I like that. Uh, and probably lean more into, like, high-power heroes and things like that. So I like the analogy um, there. You know, corn iron jaws. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They they should be ABC, always be charging. They should always be up up into your business and, and doing damage. Uh but that I like that perception. But but let's go back to Nurgle here because I yeah. want to kind of start with kind of the philosophy of Nurgle because I think that's going to help a lot of people that maybe only know Nurgle from a five thousand foot view, kind of embrace what we're going to be talking about here. And I want to talk about the philosophy as it relates in particular uh to um, I guess how, how it's going to be, you know, how they're now being realized and how they're being really brought into this game 3.0 coming up on season two. Um, and really kind of talk about that from the battle tome update standpoint, since we are going to be talking about, um, uh, slaves darkness. Um, so Nurgle, in my opinion, and I said this before is the best of the marks. That's, that's one man's opinion here, folks, followed closely by Zeech, where I think all units, 
um, attacking them are going to get negative one to wound. I think that right there pulls them apart from anything else because let's face it, this game is no longer about kill points. This game is no longer about killing your opponent. It's about holding objectives and gaining those points. And in, in doing so, can you have the units on the table to also do other things like battle tactics? I think Nurgle edges them out. I mean, think about this. Chaos Warriors right now, they have a, uh, uh, they got a, a, a four-plus save. They got a mortal wound with the shield. You put all-out defense on them. Now they're a three-plus save. Now all of a sudden, if they're negative one to hit because they're marked a Nurgle, essentially they're, they're a two-plus save. That unit isn't going anywhere. It's effective, and it makes some of the already tanky slaves units even harder to kill all over the board, not just Warriors of Chaos, not just not just them. Um, I mean, their command ability is perfect, where it plays off of the, 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 the Maggotkin um, Contagion, where in the mm-hmm. game, um, the Slaves of Darkness units are doing D3 wounds on a 3-plus for each enemy unit within 3 inches after the charge. I mean, good good way to start the conversation off. Uh, Paul, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think in the new Slaves book, um, I think the Nurgle mark is the best one. And uh, honestly, I'm actually really down on the Zinch mark in that book. Um, okay. I really it at all. I, it, it's just, it, to me, it's just weird. It, it doesn't quite play like you would want, like the way you would think Zinch would. Um, like I would think it would lean more into magic and stuff like that, but it's very anti-magic. It's very movement-esque. And, and I like this yeah. because we're a couple of Nurgle guys, so it's it's almost like we have to mother F Zeech, right? I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're our mortal enemy tonight, so that we we got we to talk about that. So, yeah, this whole Silver Tower thing, let, let's kind of touch on that for a second. because, And what I like about it is because we always say on the show here, speed kills. And let's face it, you need stuff to get to stuff, you need stuff to kill stuff, and you need stuff to stand on stuff. So speed is definitely one of the three things that you need. And if you can take a unit from one place to the other, if you can take a unit out of the silver tower that Zeech does and drop them anywhere on the board, um, that's that's hot stuff. But that's very Slaneshi to me. That's very Beast of Chaos to me. That's not Zeech. You're right. So kind of talk a little bit more about that briefly. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not really... Uh, it, it just doesn't feel like a Zinch thing at all. I, I, I'm not sure where they got that. Um, it, yeah, it, it, it feels like Zinch is supposed to be very magic oriented, um, and deception and things like that. Like I, I, and with that, like I kind of get, um, there, the spell that comes with Mark of Zinch that, you know, everybody knows this spell that can teleport units like to the wizard. Mm -hmm. Um, like I, like thematically, I kind of get it, but in terms of actual gameplay, I just don't really see where it's all that good. Um, I I'm, I tend to agree. I do. I, yeah. I but I but again, I think it's got more to do with the overall. And folks, I'm going to say the word again: playability. And I think when you look at the pound for pound, what you're getting and what your units are going to be able to do pound for pound, I I will say that I think Zeech edges out slightly. Corn and Slanesh, who I think are a tie for third place for what they can do. But I think overall, out of all the out of all the chaos marks, is our very topic here tonight. I think Nurgle definitely yeah. edges out over Zeech because I think overall, I think that's going to give you the most playability against all comers, all armies, looking at a tournament list, how to stay on those objectives. I mean, anytime you can have a global wide negative one to hit 
with, you know, um, all out defense and everything else that goes with it and tanky, you know, um, mortal wounds just for being within three inches of a Nurgle unit, that all adds up, man. And, and over a five round game, that can mean a lot. But I think, I think more so than this, Paul, and I want to kind of peel the onion layer back here. Uh, and I don't want to spend too much time because I, your, your list, I really want to get into this. And, folks, we're going to be getting into it. But the the lore that Nurgle brings, the background that brings into the Slaves of Darkness army feels so good. And it feels so correct about what we're doing. I mean, again, I brought up earlier the Carnival of Chaos, the Order of the Fly, the Slaves of Darkness Blight Tribe. And when you look at all of this, you can actually kind of get, you can actually look at this army for once and say, yeah, that's a real mark. That mark feels right for this for this army um you know i think that that when you look at what the resiliency that nurgle is always known for with the magakin for instance um or in say 40k with your with your chaos demons nurgle army um it gives them the slaves of darkness and i think that's why i think that's the one thing i think that is going to make this army slightly i didn't say a lot slightly better than zeech that's in return slightly better than corn and slanash that are tied is, is that a fair way to put it yeah i mean i think it's like building strength on strength um it, with this new book it feels very much like um the things that you really want to play are you know, your chosen your mm-hmm. warrior knights your varing guard well all of those things have three upsets and yeah. it, so all of this stuff is very durable as it is and giving it a Nurgle mark is just making it even more durable than it was before. You're right. So I, it's it, one of the things that, you know, the Maggotkin book does really well is that it gets stuck in and it just grinds your opponent out. Right. That you're not there for explosive power. You're there for winning the war of attrition. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what, this new book is going to do really well. Like I, I'm, I think chosen in particular are going to be really good mm-hmm. um, because they're not relying on charging. They just want to get into combat and hang out there. If you give them a mark of Nurgle, they're going to be hanging out there longer and they're going to be really punchy. And yeah. I, I think that's in a big block of chaos warriors too. Like they're, it's going to be really hard to kill all that. Yeah. And if you're in hope, never goes and then you're rallying this stuff yep yep and, and you know i, I kind of want to take I, i'm going to share your same sentiment i'm going to piggyback on that real quick but i'm going to kind of go the opposite route um i'm going to say mm-hmm. to me the emphasis is going to be more on the chaos warriors um i love that you brought up chosen though because i don't think a lot of people are talking a lot about chosen right now and i love the fact that you just did because we've been hearing a lot about varengard and about chaos warriors even out of my big mouth that's all i've been talking about tonight um but i like the fact that you brought that up because chaos warriors I think are finally getting the light that they deserved. Um, you know, let's face it. They got a three plus save. I said four plus earlier, and I think I was wrong on that, which I'm pretty sure I am. Uh, so they got a three plus save in the new book, you know, and, and even if you were to take um, whether I would personally take them with a normal hand weapon, just because I like the threes to hit. Um, but are you talking mm-hmm. about two attacks, threes by threes, negative one damage one, even with a one inch range, both ranks are going to get to fight. So you got a unit of 10 of them. Both ranks are going to be getting into fight. Um, I think that you can add one to attacks if, you know, with, with their melee weapons. I think if I'm, if I'm recalling this correctly, um, uh, if, if while, while the unit is wholly within, I think it's enemy territory or wholly within 12 inches of an objective that you currently do not control. 
So now let's put this into perspective why I, I think overlapping it with Nurgle is probably the best way to go. Because A, once you get that objective, it's got every benefit to help you take that objective with the added attacks. But then it's got every benefit to help you hold that objective. Because let's not let's face it, the old the old tried and true that's been around since eighth edition, folks, uh, fantasy battles is the five plus ward against mortal wounds with the shield. That has been around for years and years and years. And I think that um, that that they've carried that over. I think they finally had this army right. And I'm going to tell you right now, I, I folks, if you if you are not a Slaves of Darkness player and you're going to be going up against them, you better watch out for that 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 Jamoke that walks up to the table with a Nurgle marked Slaves army. You are going to have a the fight of your life on your hands. Uh, but yeah, Paul, I, I I actually like the fact that you brought up the Chosen because I think. Um, well, n- no one's talking about it. I mean, there's there again. That's another three plus save unit. Uh, but those guys, yeah. they hit like a truck. They got damage two, negative one rend. They got three attacks. I think they're threes by threes. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know what? You actually might have a better point there. But I still think not. You know what? I'm going to stick with what I said. I love the fact that the chosen are there, but I think the emphasis is more going to be on chaos warriors. I think the chosen are going to be that unit um, that's probably going to be a better bang for your buck than the. Uh, the, the, the Ogroids, my opinion. Yeah. It, well, I think out of the new book, it, it seems like there's going to be a big shift is that uh, Marauders are not good in the new book. I don't think. Oh, um, boy. I'm yeah. Not... Yeah. You're right. Um, But I think that's good because I, I don't feel like the Marauders really fit in with the theme of what that army wants to be and what it wants to look like on the table like plus they're crappy old models you know what thank you for saying that i was just about to say you know that that old the wwf 1980s wrestling look that 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 they i mean oh my gosh those models were terrible probably in my opinion probably would you say that they're one of the worst maybe top three worst models in the game uh i (laughs) there's the Skaven have some old sculpts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, that are pretty bad. Uh, there's some pretty bad Seraphon sculpts that are still hanging around. Uh, we still have free guild guys with cod pieces. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, I'll yeah, say this. They're, they're not good. Yeah. They are not good. Um, maybe in the bottom 10 bad. Okay. All right. I, I will say this. I, okay, so the Seraphon, they do kind of look like Fisher-Price toys still. Yeah, I think I think they need to do something with that. The Skaven, though, I can accept their ugliness or outdatedness because they're rats. They're supposed to look like that. Uh, but I, I, yeah. can't, I can't get past the steroid-imbued 1980s WWF wrestler look, um, and they just don't seem to ever want to get away from that. I don't, I don't yeah. get it. Yep, I, I agree with you. They, they don't. I'm really wondering why they didn't get a new sculpt. Right. Right. Because they're really old. They are. You know? They are. And, and, you know, and they should have. And I, I bet you, you watch, they'll come out with a new sculpt here and, and probably just, it'll, it'll be like one of those scenes where they get a new sculpt, but the old picture will be in the book. I think that, that might, yeah. might, that might come down the pike, but let's, let's get into your list because I, I you know, I, I don't want to beleaguer the point anymore because I, I love the fact right off the gate in your list. Um, you started out with, with the Ravengers. Now, what we're looking at here first is we're really looking at your heroes. And I really want to get into this because I think this really sets the tone. Uh, and we're going to talk about the battle line and, and, and some of the other units that he has in here, folks. But I love the Ravengers. To me, Ravengers was always my favorite in the old book, only because you could just add more units to uh, the table. 
I like how you can rally the tribe. And um, I, I like that build too from there. Uh, but, you know, it's not the list I sent over to you. That is not the list you sent over to me? No, I had sent you a Magakin list. <laughs> I thought this was the list you sent over to me. Uh-oh. No. Uh-oh. Well, uh, well, I guess I guess we got a, a, in, in a little bit of a uh, of a snafu here. So you want to just we'll just we'll just talk normally about uh, Nurgle. Then what do you think? Yeah, that works for me, man. All right, we'll uh, we'll we'll go back to this. All right, so I don't know where that I maybe was. I hope that wasn't the list I sent you, the one I was kind of mucking around with. But um, all right, well, I guess we're not going to be talking about that list. So let's let's go back and let's let's go right from the beginning and talk about um, Magikin then. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy! All right, all right. Well, hey, you know what? It's still Nurgle, right? Yeah, I mean, it, the um, I think I've seen a lot of people moaning about the the recent points changes um, that just came out with the new uh, battle scroll. Okay, and uh, what's funny is I don't think that really hurts the army. Um. I think they were sort of in a position where like the Pusquail Blight Lords were just like they were a little bit too good compared to everything else in the army. And everything okay. in the army was really solid. It's like it was just their damage output was just slightly less than Blight Kings. And then they had all that mobility and they fly and you can run droning guard to get the the pregame move. Mm-hmm. It was just like it was just too many things all stacked on each other and to just like bump them up in points i think didn't really like it's not really hurting the army that much sure. it's not cutting that much out of your list and it, i think it it the big thing it does is it opens up the internal balance more so that it's not just the obvious choice Okay. All right. Well, kind of stick with that point here. Cause you know what I'm going to do? I'm actually going to pull, I found your list and folks, I'm sorry about that little snafu, but I'm, you know, as, as respect to our awesome guest, we're going to keep talking about this list and I'm going to throw it up there and we're just going to, we're just going to kind of go raw on this one. So, uh, so Paul, keep going with this one because what you, so, so let me set this up here. The list I'm going to be showing here very quickly here, folks, is a Magkin. It's a drowned men list. Okay. This, this is actually your, your, your classic tried and true, man. There's got the Pusco Blight Lords, uh, and Rottmeyer Creed. I want to hear about this one. So, um, yeah. kind of keep going with your overall philosophy of this list and i'm going to get this up on the screen here uh, in about two seconds so what what's funny to me is um i've been a big fan of the pusquail blight lords for years um i love the models i always thought they had really good utility in nurgle mm-hmm. and um it, people thought they sucked for a long time and then we got the new book and now they're like the best four scroll in the book well sure. not the best one of like the best war scrolls in the book um i think orgots is probably the best war scroll in the book i would agree um, yeah i would agree um but uh it, they do uh, they serve like an important role in the magakin army because they're they're giving you some speed where all of the rest of your army is really slow and you're getting that pregame move if you're in uh, Drown Men. So it, it's letting you have the potential to Alpha Strike. And then they're very, very durable, right? They're eight wounds each, four up save, five up ward. They're 
they're just really hard to kill. Sure. So you can get them like kind of force them up the board early on. And uh, what that'll do is really kind of pin your opponent in and make it difficult for them to operate around a lot of the rest of the board. And I think that's where um, like Rottmeyer Creed, I think are a great addition to the army now. Because um, one of the things that I th think was sort of an issue was um, having bodies to stand on objectives that weren't that expensive and did something other than stand there. Sure. Um, yeah. but plague bearers, they're great. They're very durable, but all they do is stand there. Like they're, they're just hitting you with wet noodles. They're not doing anything. Right. Um, so to have the Rottmeyer Creed that can sit back there and they can, take shots at your opponent and do lots of disease lots and lots of disease right um All and right. you know so I, I i finally got it up here folks i went and i went and i uh just did, did the old-fashioned one man we got that up here so now here it is man drown men all right so let's let's start right from the top here <laughs> it's yep. uh I, re I really appreciate everyone's uh patience on this one so yeah i mean what you're saying is exactly right. And I, I think, I think you're talking about um, really what, what, what that this army finally has punch. That's kind of where you left off before I interrupted you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's got punch and it's got durability. Mm -hmm. And I think the, like by the, the internal balance shift with the points going up on the plus oil blight Lords, I think it, it's going to, make people look more out on the rest of the book and pick other units up where you know the plus whales were just the obvious choice like they were just too efficient and, and they were battle line and they get a pre-game move and, right. and 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 um so now i think they, they more have like a role and a function rather than just being the thing you spend yeah, and, and I kind of I kind of find your list uh, I I like it I, I it's interesting to me that with with, with the blight lords that you have in your list um, and, and I and I like the way you have this I think this is the first time I, I've seen a list like this built that isn't taking um, I mean you've got you've got Orgot's Demon Spew which I think is a fantastic uh, take but I've I've rarely seen him as a general and I like your kind of your thought process behind that because what I, what the first thing I noticed when I looked over your list here is that you don't have the Lord of Afflictions uh in this uh no you do have the lord afflictions he's your general there it is yeah i, I guess i should i guess i should have uh i guess you got to be prepared to know what the heck you're doing here folks um sorry about this so you got the lord of afflictions now his fly yeah. high okay it's now it makes sense to me now it makes sense to me okay you got lord of afflictions mm -hmm. as your general overpowering stench is a must you got to have that on there um you know but i like how you 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 have him built a little bit differently because i see a lot of people take the split horn helm the split horn helm with him and you you didn't go that route so so talk a little bit about how you know obviously you took over overwhelming or overpowering stench which was a which was a must um but instead yeah. of, in, but you took arcane arcane tome on him so let's talk a little bit about that one um I, the thing with arcane tome is you know we're running him in drowned men so he is also getting that pregame move which puts him in range for gift of disease top of turn one and if your opponent does not um 
it doesn't like think about the importance of like how much damage gifted disease can do um they're going to cluster their units up and you're going to be able to cast that spell once and spread disease over a lot of their army um i think my record so far was getting disease on 11 different units with one casting of gifted disease okay um okay because they just didn't they didn't respect the pregame move and the this one random spell and the disease just stuck around and it was just slowly ticking off stuff every turn right um and what, and I, what I, I love about gift disease if i can interrupt you there real quick is i love that it's a 21 inch range so you got some distance on this spell i think it's a five or a six plus cast am i right on that it's a six okay I mean, I, I love what it does. So anyway, I, I want to throw that out there because sometimes that gets overlooked when we talk about that spell. So, okay, so so please, I'm yeah. sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, and in addition to that, you also just end up getting access to Mystic Shield, which True. It, it's it, it's it's basically, it's saving you command points. like you, And it's giving you the ability to have... Uh, uh, all-out defense and Mystic Shield for that additional durability. Um, now, I am someone that I... My general philosophy on magic in Age of Sigmar right now okay. is either you're all in on magic or it's a nice-to-have that you might get off occasionally. Oh, so interesting. It, I... I yeah, uh, I think either you're a spell bomb or you really don't play in the magic phase. Um, so I think one of the, the things that this does as well is it gives you an unbind, um, which, you know, the rest of the list wouldn't otherwise have. Um, and what I've seen a lot in Nurgle is if people are going to go uh, into magic, typically they're taking blowout. And i'm not as big of a fan of blowab as i am with a lot of other things like okay. yes you can get that plus one to cast with him but he's a one cast wizard and he's 320 points true and out of the three magath lords he is the one that is weakest on offense true true and like he has a good spell but the problem is like you know, you're not a magic dom army. You only have that one plus one to cast. So it feels like you're sinking an awful lot of points into a hero that is subpar in a lot of ways. And it, its main role for being there, it's just like not good enough to really like, it, it puts you just like a hair above most normal armies, but having the plus one to cast. Okay. Yeah, I like the way you put that. And, and I got something I want to I want to share with you on, on Blowab here in a second. But I want to kind of stick with uh, with with Lord of Afflictions here before I kind of lose my train of thought on him. I mean, for 230 points, uh, he's he's a steal as far as what a hero does. And I, th I think his 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 biggest benefit. I, and by the way, I, I like the way that you have him kitted out taking the arcane tome that that was kind of a new way. Uh, as far as an artifact, uh, you don't see that a lot. So I like that. Um, but I get it now. Coupled with gifted disease, that's pretty. That's pretty spectacular. But what I really love about this this model is the um, the uh, the descending the the um, the, the swarm descending uh, uh, um, ability that he has. 
Um, and it's pretty much fly high, right? I mean, he, he pretty much can take him and I believe up to two other Blight Lords or even drones, I think. And you could just remove them from the table right after deployment. And then, you you know, at, at the end of, I believe it's your, your first movement phase, um, or it might be any movement phase. Please correct me on that if, I, if I'm wrong. You can go ahead and set that unit up, this unit and those units up anywhere on the battlefield more than nine inches from enemy units. I can't tell you how valuable that is as far as having a hero that can do that. Yeah, it's a really, really useful option to have. Um, and it, the really nice thing about it to me is like when you're running it in drowned men, like you have like two different options that okay. you can do. Like you can do that that move where you're going up the table and kind of going for the alpha strike, or you can put them in the air and drop him and potentially other units down with him. And you know, there's some uh, there's some battle plans where that's going to be the optimal thing to do, where you want to get them in a particular area and have like a it, a zone of control that they establish that's you know outside of where you would be able to get with the pregame move right right and like i said i i really like the way you have the lord of afflictions kitted out and folks hope you're still hanging with us sorry about the uh, the little snafu on the list uh but we got it right now and and, and we're talking with our awesome guest paul conti and, and we're, we're we're sharing our thoughts on uh, his awesome Nurgle list here with uh, uh, Nurgle November. But let's go back to what you said earlier. On, I want to kind of refresh the topic uh, of where you went with Bloab Rotspawn because mm-hmm. um, I think I like the point you made. And I'll tell you what my experience is with him. Yeah, he's 320 points. He's got 13 wounds. I want to say, yeah, he's a four plus if I remember, if my, if my memory serves me right. Um, but what I see a lot of people use him and take him as, and this is why probably you don't see him in a lot of lists, is for his War Scroll spell, the, that Miasma of Pestilence, um, that thing goes yeah. off on a six, they use it, and then you know what happens? He kind of, because of his combat um, you know, uh, abilities and his missile weapon, the uh, the, the vomit, the, the D3, uh, the, the, the D3 uh, shots, um, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of use him as a roadblock. I, I see him used in many games after he gets maybe a one or maybe two spells off or even spell attempts. Um, a lot like you see people use Horticulous Slimux. You know, like like uh, if, if you were to take Horticulous Slimux, you know, right after he gives you that tree, a lot of people just kind of Tokyo drift him on an opening. And then you've got, uh, you know, this this model with, you know, in this case, like with Bloab, like 13 wounds with a 4-plus save. You know, that can hold a unit back for, for quite a while. And that's kind of the only benefit. Now, granted, is that worth 320 points? I don't know. You know, when you're playing a game that isn't coming upon – having units standing on objectives to collect points? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. I mean, have have you seen people use Bloab like that, or is that not – would you never even consider that? I mean, obviously you don't have them in your list, but yeah. does that make sense to you? So the thing that I actually also really don't like about Bloab is that he is a four-plus save as opposed to the three-up that the other two Magath Lords have. Uh, and even Lord of Afflictions is a three-up save. Um, right. And – out of the three Magath Lords, again, he has the least wounds. So it, he's like, even though he's really durable compared to a lot of things in the game, as far as Magatkin goes, he's he's one of your more fragile pieces. True. So I, I am always really reluctant to go like shove him up the board because every time I do, he dies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that, I mean, you can't, you can't argue with that logic. I mean, that makes, that makes perfect sense. 
Um, and, and that's probably why you don't have him in the list. But let's go on to your next hero here real quick, and that's Orgot Stevens Pugh. I mean, the guy's a beat stick. He's 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 tried and true. He's proven. Um, I I'm a personal fan. I mean, I I I love what he does. I even love his backstory. Um, yeah. But what's interesting that I that I I want to I want to make sure I remember this right. He's a war master. So yeah. I mean, whether whether he's included, I mean, he, in a Magnan army, whether he's your general or not, he's still your general. There's some value to that. Yep. Uh, I mean, it, the the most significant thing is that his range for issuing commands becomes 18 inches. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. Uh, and you know, a lot of times it's not as important as you might think because you know. If you're running Puscoils, they're all uh, elite, so they can just issue commands themselves. Um, but sometimes, like you're going to need that like ability to issue a command at a distance, and uh, with his special ability to issue a command once per turn for free, um, that has to come from him. So it gives you a lot more utility with it because it its reach is a lot further. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so that's pretty much what you're using him for, right? I mean, using him for that maybe that one-off command ability that you're going to be able to use. But then you're pretty much using him as a beat stick. I mean, this guy's no slouch. You know, he's yeah. got seven attacks. I want to say he's threes by threes. I think it's either negative two or negative one ren damage two. Um, yeah. And, and don't forget, I mean, there's kind of like a, a jabber slife tongue attack that uh, his mount gets. I think it's seven inches, obviously, because it's, it's, it's Nurgle. But yeah. I think it's threes by twos, negative one. I think it's either damage... Is it damage six or D six? I think it's damage D six. You know, I haven't used him in a little while. I'm trying uh, to remember. I, uh, well, you know, I think it is damage D six. Um, but I mean, I, I think everything about this guy, I mean, is that you're, 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 you're playing him pretty much to kind of get some units in position. Uh, and really are then, are you treating him more like a, uh, a heat seeking missile, right? You're just pointing him at whatever you want to eliminate and, and going from there. Am I correct? I mean, he's got a three plus save. Yeah. He just blows stuff up. Yeah. Um, it, um, every time I've used him, he just, he, he just kills everything. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, the, the part of what's going on with him too, is that he's very durable in part because you can charge him forward and he kills half a unit before it gets to swing at you. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and he's a monster and he's a hero. So you're getting potential heroic actions. And you're getting monstrous rampages with it. Yep. Yeah, I was just uh, going to bring that up. You just, you just, uh, you just, you just got me on the monstrous rampages because that's the other benefit about him. Yeah, it, he can just throw a lot of damage around. Well, and I mean that's what he's there for. Yeah, absolutely. And and the uh, the uh, commandability thing is just it, it's just like that extra bit of. Um, extra bit of power like it, nurgle is definitely a command point hungry army and you don't really have any ways to get more right. other than ability to get free commands well and, and the fact that he can do that once per turn where he he can yeah. just issue a command uh and he doesn't have to you don't have to pay for it i mean in, in yeah. a game where you know sometimes you're only got two command points at the beginning of a round that means a lot that means yeah. a lot I mean, I would say, I mean, think, think about how many people appreciate, say, the Fungoid Cave Shaman in a, in a Gloomspite Gits army where you got to roll a four plus to get that extra command point. This guy does it just for showing up. That yeah, is... In the, the Fungoid 
Cave Shaman into Iron Jaws armies just to get extra command points. Well, exactly right. Yeah, you know, trust me, I've done it. Yeah, as a, yeah, I've done it. So I, I completely understand. But speaking of guys that hit hard, let's let's move on to your battle line here. The, uh, we, we first started talking about your Puss Girl Blight Lords. Um, yep. I got to be honest with you. Um, I'm in love with these guys, and, I, and the reason why I say that is mainly before their Relentless Attackers ability. And this is something I've recently become familiar with in building my own uh, Nurgle force and, and kind of um, really using it as a hobby, but really studying the army. What I love about this is, you know, there's so many things happening with a Nurgle army, and this is kind of what I want to try to emphasize again. You know, we've got, you know— um, You've got contagion points that are happening, and you've you've got all of these things that Nurgle is doing to you. These disease points are racking up. Now you've got the the Puskril Blight Lords that have this relentless attacker's ability. I think it's called. Where uh, and and Paul, stop me if I'm wrong on this, but I think I'm right. At the end of the combat phase, you can pick one enemy unit. I want to say with a wound characteristic of three or three or less. Uh, yep. that's within three inches of the unit and you roll one dice for each model. I love that word model rather than unit in the, in, in, you can, you can roll a dice for each model in the unit. That's within three inches of the enemy unit for each roll that exceeds the enemy unit's wound characteristic. That enemy unit suffers one mortal wound. The amount of mortal wounds that this army pumps out is tremendous. Great. Just, just what it does on, on, on base practice anyways. Now you take the Puskarill Blight Lords, who probably have dropped out of the fly-high position with, uh, with the Lord of Afflictions, are now on top of you, turn one with a charge. Uh, you know that one of them uh, probably has that bell. Um, i got to be honest with you. I, I like these guys as battle line units. Um, how do you use them? Kind of talk a little bit about that. Probably the obvious, but let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, it, the other thing, like, in this list in particular is that they're also um, bounty hunters. So against Galatian veterans, they're getting plus one damage. Um, and when each model is throwing 11 attacks, yeah, doubling their damage output when they're throwing that much to begin with is so powerful. Um, you just run them into things, and it... It, it's funny like how often did i actually forget that the relentless attacker's ability is even there because whenever you run into something that is a bunch of one or two wound models there's usually nothing left right. to use that ability on yeah that's true i mean you know and 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 their charging ability that uh that ruin uh that rack and ruin uh charge ability you know, I mean, you're you're doing more D three mortal wounds. I mean, this the 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 unit itself, coupled with the army, is just a, it's just a, a mortal wound machine. And you know, I like to bring this up too because a lot of times, the 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 fly, uh, the bot fly or whatever it is that they're riding gets overlooked. Um, but you know, it's got its it's got its mouth and its stinger and all that kind of stuff. That's still six attacks. So the mount itself is part of that eleven attacks. But that's threes by threes. If you think about how valuable. A three by three really is, folks. I mean, you're talking about a fours by threes. That's one thing, but you got a fifty percent chance of the hit. You lose a lot of those dice. Um, but a threes by threes are always very good to you. Go all out attack. Now you're twos by threes, and that that's also their blighted weapons. So, I mean, the, the, you know, I think probably, I mean, I think they're pointed. I, how do you think they're pointed? I mean, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the blight lords. You know, you, we're talking about a unit of two of them are two hundred and fifty points. That's about right to me. That feels about right. I, I think they got this army pointed properly. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I think 220, where it was before the recent change, was just a little bit too low. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just made that internal balance thing a problem. 
Um, I think now you have more incentive to grab some Light Kings instead, um, or grab some Rottweiler Creed, or grab some Plague Bearers. Um, you know, season to taste with whatever um, style you're thinking of playing. Um, you know, just playing a list that was just two Lords of Afflictions and all flies was just like it was just too good. Like you, it's so hard to deal with that much meat hitting your lines top of turn one and getting stuck in doing that much damage and like just it it's so hard to kill them right right it it was the army was playing a lot like iron jaws where they just rush across the board on turn one and they hit you really hard and then you have to kill them with whatever's left and it's just really hard yeah um and and then they're also fast and they fly so you can you know, make that initial charge and then peel some off in the next turn to go just hang out on objectives. Well, and, uh, and that's what it is. The Pusk Girl Blight Lords, I mean, they're they're the speed that really this army needs. I mean, eight inch movement. I mean, if you run them, that's 14. You know, I mean, even if you didn't want to, you know, charge them or anything like that, if you want to just have something that was sit on an objective, you needed those extra points before the end of the round or something. There, there you have yeah. it. You know, you auto run them for six. Now you got a 14 inch move. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that's I think that's fantastic. But you know, I want to get into something interesting here. Let, let's keep going on the list here because I think I think I'm starting to understand your um, um, and I think I'm doing pretty good for for schlubbing up the list here earlier in the show, huh? <laughs> so it's good good recovery. It's all about the recovery, man. It's all about the recovery. So let's talk about the Rottmeyer Creed. I, I know that the unit I really want to talk about, ironically enough, and we kind of talked about this offline before the show started, is your Nurglings. But we'll get to them because I think there's a secret sauce here that we're going to kind of let people know about the Nurglings. But let's start with the Rottmeyer Creed. They're kind of the new hotness, right? I mean, they're they're, uh, they're, they're kind of the new Nurgle unit that, as you said, I'm going to st- folks, I'm going to steal Paul's words here. They're the unit we didn't know we needed. So so take it away, man. Tell us why we should love the Rottmeyer Creed. Um, I think they actually synergize really well with the Puskoil Blight Lords. Um, the Puskoils, you can run up their your faster unit. They have the pregame move. Um, and you can move the Rottmeyer Creed up behind them, and they have a shooting attack. And the shooting attack on its own, like just if you look at the War Scroll, you're like, well, this sucks, right? Like yeah, it's fours not... by threes, two attacks, yeah, no rend, damage one, yeah. Not 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 too much to write home about. Right. But then you bear in mind that, yeah, that's two attacks each times 10 models in a unit. That's 20 attacks in all of your sixes are doing disease. Yeah. And and then when they put disease on a unit, every other enemy unit within three inches of them also gets that much disease. Yep. So it it really forces your opponent into this weird situation where they want to spread their army out. But then if they spread their army out, then you can more easily pick stuff off, right? Right. Like it's harder for them to double team your units. Um, So if you're able to isolate their units more, you know, Nurgle is so durable. They, you really, um, a lot of times you're going to need to like double team them or throw a lot of things at one unit to lift it off the board. Um, so the Rottmeyer Creed is incentivizing your opponent to spread out. Sure. Um, in you know, the gift of disease does the same thing. Um, it makes your opponent want to spread out. And that is like, 
it's putting your opponent in this like damned if you do damned if you don't situation they're like either they they cluster up and they're um they're going to be more susceptible to gift of disease and rottmeyer creed um but they're going to be able to hit you back better or they spread out more and they're not going to be as susceptible to those things but they're going to be a lot easier for you to pick off with the plus whales. Yeah. And, and I, and I like the fact that we're talking about these guys right now, because folks, if you, as a reminder too, if you want to go back and check out a really awesome white dwarf uh, article issue 480, which was the one previous to the one that's currently out now, uh, it's a season of skirmish. They, they talk pretty heavily about uh, the Rottmeyer creed. You should check it out. Uh, but there's a couple of things right off the bat that I like about these guys. One, obviously you just brought it up here, Paul, and that's the virulent uh, con- uh, concoctions. Um, again, Mortal wound on top of mortal wound. And that's what these disease points end up turning out to be. So this unit, um, I mean, each time a disease point is given to an enemy unit from an attack made by the Rottmeyer Creed, each other enemy unit within three inches of this enemy unit is also given a disease point. Now, you got to remember, that's on top of all the disease points that that enemy unit is getting just for playing against and fighting against Magakin of Nurgle. I mean, it, it really is just punches and bunches is what this army delivers. And I think I, I like the fact that, that you're actually kind of, I think you're showcasing the Rottmeyer in a way that um, I think probably is going to play to their strengths because these guys, the Rottmeyer are going to be able to go in. Now on paper, you're right, Paul, they don't look that great. They're a five plus save. They got a six bravery. They move five inches. Uh, their blowpipes are forced by threes to attacks. But yeah, you start looking at it from a more conventional standpoint you know, that's 20 attacks with their blowpipe. You're absolutely right. Now you throw into the fact that it's virulent concoctions. That is also, you know, um, um, something that is going to, you know, pay off in dividends. But when you've got an an enemy and really by and large, who are they going to pay attention to? Well, they're going to pay attention to the Puskrill Blight Lords. They're going to think to themselves, oh man, I got to get rid of that movement. I got to get rid of how hard they're going to hit. I don't want them to charge me. Um, They're going to, they're going to focus on that, leaving the Rottmeyer to kind of do um, their own thing. And, and again, that, that, what that equates to is points over five rounds. So I think there's also a hidden innate thing that the Rottmeyer does, um, in this list. At least that's the way I see it. Am I, am I pretty close to the mark on that one? Yeah. And the, the other thing too, is they're more durable than you would think they are. Um, like they're one wound each with a five up save, but like all of Nerdle, they get the five up ward too. Um, and that really makes them just like it, they're not as durable as other stuff in the army is, but they're more durable than your usual one moon schlubs that you've got in most armies. Right, right, right. I agree. Um, but let's move on here to your your ally, the Mind Stealers uh, 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 Spherinx. I got to be yep. honest with you. For ninety five points, this is my one of my absolute. I, I I throw them into my Beast of Chaos unit, our army all the time. The dominating mind trait has paid off dividends. Now I'll tell you how I used to use this, this miniature and we'll see if it's the same, you know, kind of the same concept. I used to take a, um, a dragon ogre and his spell, um, uh, would, would half movement of enemy units. You know, you also take now dominate mind, um, that spell that the spheres, I'll let you get into what that is. You know, that, that further inhibits your, your opponent from, from doing certain things. And I'll leave that to you, but this is a good build on top of, um, I, I'm, I'm trying not to give away your, your, your thunder here. This, this, this is one of my favorite add-ins probably of any ally. So, so talk a little bit about the mind stealers fearings here. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, uh, Tyler from, uh, Warhammer weekly and scrubbing wells, um, oh. that originally, 
turned me on to this idea of using this guy. Um, and he's just a good utility piece and he's not that expensive. Um, and yeah, with the new book, he's losing that monster keyword, which right. is, is like, like part of the random thing that's good about him is that he can just do monstrous rampages. Yeah. Uh, right. And like his stat line is not bad and he, he's just good utility. Right. Um, He's do like making your opponent strike last is just a thing that Nurgle can't usually do. Right. And it's not like completely reliable, but it's like it's good enough. Um, and I find myself a lot of times with Nurgle lists, like it, that was, you know, kind of what ended up um getting me to throw this in this particular list was like, you know, a lot of times you just end up with these weird point amounts left over with Nurgle because all of your stuff is expensive yeah it is yeah it is it is and like you end up with you know i put this list together and i was like i've got 95 points left over like what am i going to do with 95 points so immediately i you know open up the app and i hit the allies and rerun that and I'm like okay what do i have for allies um and that's just a surprisingly good option for the number of points that it is Oh, and I'll I'll say the winner winner chicken dinner with this with this unit is for ninety five points to dominate mind, and I'm going to kind of get into this. You know what I've seen using him in my in my beast of chaos army is, and, and folks, if you don't really know what that is, is you basically hold a d six in your hand. Your opponent does the same thing. Now you don't roll them. You plop them down on the table, kind of covered up or hidden. And when you remove your hand and your opponent removes your hand both the same time, if the d six is the same nothing happens doesn't matter if the, if the you know and but if the if the, if the d6 is different if you have a one and your opponent has a six then the effect goes off and if the numbers shown on the dice are different which it doesn't matter if they're high or low of each other the enemy unit that you pick to fight at, at you know at, at the end of the combat that, that that you picked will fight last at the end of the combat phase until the next battle round so I want to I want to kind of make sure everyone understands it until the next battle round. That yep. is that is huge. The value yep. that you get from this ally unit in a, in a chaos army, you know, just dominate dominate mind alone is worth ninety five points. And and you know the cat itself. I've only ever gotten into combat once because usually you keep it kind of tucked behind some units. Uh, but it's got three attacks. Threes by threes, negative one damage one. It's got a lashing tail. Uh, I want to say I think it's like a four, four, four by three, two attacks, fours by threes, which that's nothing great. Uh, but but that's not what you take them for. You know, also, too, you know, and something I often forget about, and I, I remember it um, usually right around like the third battle round, is this this creature, this this Mind Stealer's Fearings, it's got this, uh, this, this telepathic dread where you can subtract two from the braver characteristic of enemy units that are within 12 inches of it. Not wholly within, within 12 inches of it. Now, this is something like you were saying, Paul, I often forget about myself. But when you remember it, now you take a unit that's got like maybe, a, I don't know, a six bravery, which is predominantly most of your infantry units are going to have that six bravery. Now they're down to a four. I mean, your battle shock phase right there alone is is what's going to win you the game just just from that standpoint by itself, especially because it's, it's um, enemy units, plural. You don't have to pick one. It's any enemy unit that are within 12 inches of this model that's huge and for 95 points yeah and you know i've been finding lately that it seems like in third edition 
battle shock matters a lot more than it used to um and it's still something that people just don't save that command point for inspiring presence um and they just get caught out and they end up losing a whole bunch of models to like a bravery check like <laughs> you know it, it it should be a thing that they that you can easily get around um but people just get messed up by it you know i, I think because in previous editions battleshock was just something that happened possibly and i think i think we we learned in the latter part of 2.0 that we needed to save that command point because it was kind of drilled in our head that whole philosophy was kind of new right well we've kind of gotten away from that and i think I think now in the era of, you know, monsters moving away from that, trying to get into screens, you're right. I think a lot of people have forgotten to save that extra command point. Um, I, I think that's, uh, I think, I think that does happen and you're absolutely right. Um, but let's move on to the, the unit I really want to talk about. And that's the Nurglings here. Um, and, 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 and Paul, you kind of brought it up right at the, uh, right at the, the, the top of the show. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about these Nurglings here. So so All let's right. uh, let, let's let's hear about them. Tell us how you use these these clever little bastards. Yeah, it, it, and that's what they are, right? Like they <laughs> they are just like this unassuming little nonsense that seems like it should be trash. Um, and in the old book, like they were bad. Like oh, yeah. I never used them. But the big thing is that that disgusting resilience got moved to an allegiance ability when it was a war scroll ability before so now you have these stupid little guys that have a ward save um yep. you know they're four wounds each you get three of them for 105 points and their stat line looks like it's terrible but again you have to go to your uh battle traits right they're throwing five attacks each five to hit five to wound no rend one damage but yeah you're throwing 15 attacks and that means that every combat phase they're going to average two to three disease that they're throwing on a unit and then they're getting an additional disease at the end of the combat phase and then once they're stuck in combat you're getting more disease in um, the movement phase as well mm -hmm. so these guys end up being very difficult to kill because they're also in every battle shock phase, they're healing back to full every time, right? Like they're not restoring models, but whatever models are left on the battlefield, they heal all of the wounds there. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that, and that's that endless swarm. I love that one. That's the end of battle shock phase. That to me is their worth and weight in gold. I would say that that coupled with uh, their ambush ability, um, the yeah. uh, infestation one, hidden in, in, hidden infestation, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Go ahead, sorry. So uh, there's a couple of things that you can really use these guys for. Um, the big thing is that you can uh, get more contagion points by throwing them in enemy territory at uh, at the start of the game. So you're automatically getting that extra three contagion points mm -hmm. towards summoning later in the game. Right. Um, and that's really important because... Nurgle summoning is not that great, but if you can get that extra bump, it suddenly becomes really good. Um, and there's just some good utility that you can pull out with the summoning. Um, 
so if if you can go from summoning like one unit to two units in the game or you know maybe you were summoning two units before but you're moving it all up a turn um it makes that a lot more relevant um yeah yeah and i, I kind of want to go back to what you said before about the summoning because i think the summoning is is good if it's used in a more like I don't want to say responsible, but that's the phrase I'll use. And the Nurglings offer that. It, they, they give you those little points. You're getting it from the Feculent Naramal. You're getting it by the position of your units on the table. The Nurglings dropping on an ambush are going to give you some additional ones. And really, you know, if you're not going to carry, say, uh, a sloppity bile piper in your army, for seven uh, contagion points, uh, you, you're, you're bringing him on the table. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, to get another feculent Naramal, which is going to give you more of those points, I think that's nine or eight uh, point, nine points, I believe it is. So, I mean, there, there's, there's, I mean, obviously, yeah, you're going to bring a great unclean one on. Do you think you can hold out for, you know, whatever it is, 30 points? I don't think so. I don't know if that's ever happened before. Probably not. Um, yeah. I mean, my regulars, um, I summon Sloppity Bile Piper a lot. Right. Um, a unit of 10 plague bearers for 14 contagion uh they're really good at you know getting in the way they're good to uh block up your opponent they're good for standing on objectives um beasts of nurgle can be really good to um just kind of get your opponent stuck in combat oh, and yeah. they can damage um I mean, a, a Beast of Nurgle, the following host list, is like the thing that I almost sent you along with this. I was surprised um, that you didn't have Beast of Nurgle in your, in your list. And, of course, of course, you know, I, I apologize for, for posting the wrong list. Uh, but I do actually, you know, remember um, looking at this list. But I was surprised that looking at this right now, you don't have – that you didn't have Beast, Beast of Nurgle in there. I mean, I, granted, I think the list you just brought up with the Beast, Beast of Nurgle, I think the list we're currently showing now might be a little bit better as far as, you know, yeah. gameplay one for one. Uh, but yeah, I'm surprised you didn't have beast in there. Yeah. I mean, it, I've definitely run the befouling whole host list a bunch of times and it's just really fun. Um, it's a little more tricky to play. Um, cause you really have to kind of get that feel for how to actually use those beasts of Nurgle and how to maximize them. Um, it, it, cause they're very much about like, like positioning them in a weird place and then using sloppy bile piper to uh, prevent your opponent from piling in and uh, just kind of like mucking up what your sure. opponent's doing. Sure. Like they're not killing, um, but um, they're, they're weird technical play kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they keep your opponent on their back foot. I mean, you know, and, and their claws, their claws attacks are pretty good. I mean, they're damaged too. negative one rend, you know, I think yep. um, uh, that whole pestilent uh, charge thing that they do, I think that that, you know, the, obviously the D3 mortal wounds, that, that's going to do some great things. I, I, I think they're definitely great. Uh, but I like the, I'll go back and I'll say it again, I think speed kills. And I think your your combination of ambush with the Nurglings, you know, a fly-high ambush with the Puskrill Blight Lords, the fact that you can, the Blight Lords are giving you that speed, the, and, the, the hammer that you have with Orgot's Demon Spew in your list, uh, what am I forgetting? Uh, of course, don't don't forget about the Lord of Afflictions. I mean, and he's one of the few li few few um, models in the game. I want to say this as a general for your army that I think you can feel pretty safe putting into combat. I mean, Lord of Afflictions is a beat stick. He's a pretty tough dude. He's going to um, you know show up and do some business. And I and I don't think you have to be too nervous getting him into combat, right? Yeah, he tends to survive a lot of things, and he's got a three up save base, so it, it's. Unless you're throwing mortal wounds at him, it's 
pretty hard to kill him. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very very true. So when 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 you're looking at, let me ask you this, and you know, we're we're kind of rounding around rounding out this 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 list and this conversation here on this list that you provided. So I want to ask you this. When, when you think of a game, right, and, and, and you're thinking of a tournament, and I know you mentioned earlier you don't play a lot of competitive games anymore, but but I know that you're competitive-minded. You, you've been there before. Um, what are some good opponents for Nurgle? What are some what are some units that Paul Conti or armies that Paul Conti looks at and goes, oof, that's going to be a tough game? Um, tough games? Uh, that's a good question. Um I feel like anything that is throwing a lot of mortal wounds at you can be a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely, you know, it, I've struggled a bit with stuff that shoots a lot. Okay. Um, you know, if your opponent can just kind of stand off and shoot at you without uh, getting really in danger. Um, like Caradron overlords, oddly enough, like I've struggled against because they can just stand off and shoot at you and you most of your army is not fast enough to really challenge them and get into combat. And then even if you do, they can just fly high and get out of there. Right, um, right, right. Yeah, and, and I like the balance of this list. I mean, you have everything that you could want in a list. I mean, you've got, you've got Deception and the Rottmeyer Creed. Uh, your Nurglings mm-hmm. are, are your great ambush. Um, your your mind stealer spherings is just your big middle finger. I mean, I, I love that. I love that that miniature for ninety five points. I'll say it again. Um, but I I think the Orgots is your hammer. I mean, and and after you 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 get out of him, what you need is a couple of command uh, uh, abilities, and then he he's going to be a roadblock for whatever you want to hold up for maybe two battle rounds. Um, and then of course your, your Puskar Blight Lords fly high with your Lord of Afflictions. Fantastic list, man. I, I, I would love to see this, uh, uh, played on the table and I hope to roll dice with you someday, man. I really do. I, I hope we can get together and, and, and get some dice on the table. Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, you're in the general neighborhood. So if you, uh, go to one of the holy events, I'm, you know, I went to one of those and I just want to go to every single one after that. Um, yeah. I'm going to be holy wars this year um just because of timing and stuff but holy havoc i'm definitely planning on doing uh later on in the year yeah uh, yeah steve steve herner runs a fantastic uh you know it's, it's a narrative event um but but the tables come alive these tables are are, are known everywhere they you know steve herner has got yeah. more talent than than most people i know he's a fantastic individual to boot um but yeah i've, I've been to a couple uh holy events and um i can't make it this year um just got uh you know too many irons in the fire right now but uh i know that uh probably swing by like i normally do just kind of check it out but uh for sure mm-hmm. you know one of these days we'll have to definitely um uh get some dice on the on the table paul i'd love that man i'd be honored um but i'll Absolutely. tell you what thank you very much for for being with us to talk about uh magakin and nurgle and 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 thank you for uh helping me recover on my little gaff there. But uh, but we got through it, man, huh? We did pretty good. Yeah, it's still good. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, we're coming to that part of the show, man. We got our closing thoughts, and this is generally something for the uh, uh, for the guests to do, man. So you ready for some closing thoughts? Yeah. I mean, right. I, um, I'm just really feeling good about Nurgle in general, even with the battle scroll changes that we got. I think it's just opening things up more and – uh, it, it's going to play more into the internal balance and let you play around with other things in the army. Um, loving Slaves to Darkness, especially with uh, the Nurgle mark with the new book. Um, I, you know, for people that are not necessarily Nurgle players, uh, 
I it's an army that I really suggest a lot of people check out. Um, it's something that can have a lot of like rewarding technical play if that's what you want to do. Um, and it also is an army where you can just go have a few drinks and roll dice and not have to think too hard if you that's the kind of one list you want to build. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And you know what? I, I, I can't say it any better than myself, but otherwise, you know, Paul, I want to thank you very much for being with us tonight on Grimdark Live. You really, uh, it was really an honor having you on. And again, I, I'm a huge fan of your work. Uh, you're a great part of this community and, and I'm looking forward to it all. And, and, and folks, uh, uh, make sure you check out, uh, Paul's channels, check him out on Twitter and, uh, support this guy. He's, he's one of the good ones in the community and the hobby. And, and I, I promise you, if you don't know who he is, you're going to love everything this guy puts out. Promise you. Right, Paul? I sure hope so. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it. Well, no, honestly, you know, I, truthfully speaking, you, your, your stuff is awesome, and I'm very honored that you came with. You're going to come back to Grimdark Live and, and check us out again, huh? And I promise I won't mess up the list. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> very cool. Well, folks, that's a great show, and that's a wrap. And, and, and Paul, thanks again for being with us here tonight on and, and Grimdark Live. And, folks, until we meet again, remember, roll them dice fun and fair. And don't be a freaking short pants. All right. Good night, everyone. Have a wonderful night. Bye. Grim Dark Live would like to thank you for slumming through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. We'll be back again real soon. So until then, roll them dice fun and fair and don't be a freaking short pants. You can get your Grimdark Live fix on our live show or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim while you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing blue. Remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com, and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grimdark Live to your friends. So long, Grimdark goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Hey, who are you calling a short pain?